some kind of disturbance. I'm gonna go check it out. We request that everybody stays calm at the current moment. Who are you people? I want a coffee! You, you, you are now to 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 Where love and life come together. Come together. From the Spacebird Media Studios, it's Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Unlimited with Roxanne and Ace. Welcome back. It is so good to see you and to be with you. We absolutely love this time together. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. You know, hottest week of the summer. Praise God. You know, it's one of those. It's like, give me some shade, you know, but, you know, trying to stay hydrated. I think I've drank every bottle of water, every kind of high electro whatever's to try to like enhance. Cause like you get, you know how the heat just like beats on you after a while. And then you're just like, I, I, I haven't done anything but walk to the car. And I feel like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, the devil punched me in the face with this heat wave. So uh, just trying to stay hydrated. So uh, we're excited to be back with you as we start a new weekend. And of course, hopefully you're staying cooled off. I want to say thanks to Birmingham Mortgage Group and My Brother's Cup for sponsoring this week. We got lights to catch up on. Well, the last thing we want to think about really when it's this hot is pumpkin spice lattes. But it is the 20th anniversary of it. Coming mm. back to Starbucks, they introduce it earlier every year because people absolutely love it. And the drinks co-creator, Peter Dukes, is very proud that he was in the room where it happened because what he says it sparked is now entire aisles of the grocery store with everything pumpkin spice yeah well i kind of feel like pumpkin spice is like disco like you know <laughs> there was the disco music and then everything had a disco flair so you had disco cartoons and disco you know products and all this and so people got tired of disco and it's like, at what point do we make the shift? Because I think this year, I think the new item, at least I think it's new, is Goldfish partnered with Duncan. And so they have a pumpkin spice donut flavored goldfish cracker. And I'm like, what? Should we be meddling with science? <laughs> like, this is just too much. And, and and I'm not a pumpkin spice fan anyway. So, the you know, have your latte all you want. I'm not judging you. But all the other things seems overkill. Other news to get caught up on, and I almost called you. Only when I call you, you know that typically someone's passed away. So I don't want to yeah. scare you. But this was so big that Dolly Parton, Paul McCartney, and Ringo Starr got together to do the cover of Let It Be. Yeah. Yeah, she's got a rock album coming out, I think, in November and has been teasing it pretty hard ever since she got inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame. And uh, I think the album covers like her on a motorcycle or something, but any, she's all in leather. So watch out guys, be careful. Uh, but in that it's allowing her to collaborate with some rock legends. Like Peter Frampton, Fleetwood Max, Mick Fleetwood, a part of this album. She's super excited about that. But the funny thing is she and Paul McCartney got together to do the song. They had another drummer do it. And then Paul said, Let's call Ringo. Mm. <laughs> and you have to think, I mean, Dolly's gotten a chance to do a lot of things, and Dolly's a big name in her own right, don't get me wrong. But you would have to think she would have a little freak-out moment, like, whoa, Ringo? Bring it, you know, in the most Southern way, you know, truly way of, bring it, sweetie. Well, I had to ask you, though, speaking of calling, because this, normally I don't let social trends work me up. 
But this one got to me this week. Have you seen the trend where parents are doing a cooking video and they have to crack an egg? And so they crack it on their kid's forehead to see their reaction. And I got to say, I'm over the top mad at parents. I'm saying it in the most Jesus way I can because that's how mad I am about it. The idea of that you would just inflict pain onto your child and then laugh. I don't get that. And then today I saw a video, kind of a redemptive, like 360, where uh, a lady had said, you know, we're supposed to, as parents, provide safety and 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 loving, you know, moments with our children. And then we go and, you know, up against the head with, I mean, or to even let them do it to you, that just creates like, hey, it's okay to laugh at other people's expense. I mean, uh, so many things about that. Just, I, I would never do that to my children. I mean, I, and I wouldn't let them do it to me and get away with it. You know, well, and some... yet they could get eggshell in their eyes. It's super messy. That's the reason I wouldn't want to do it as messy. I mean, have you ever been hit by an egg? I was, I was pelted by one in high school for like a, a marching band ritual. Like, hey, freshman hips, you know, and they're throwing eggs. You're trying to dodge. And it hit me like square right here on the bridge of my nose. And it hurt. Like it broke apart, you know, but it was at high velocities. But even if you're right there next to someone, I mean, the shell of an egg is not the easiest thing to break. But let's. Well, it reminds me of paintball. You know, when they shoot that yes. at people, it leaves you bruised. It's like, what is fun about that? That's why I do laser tag to where, you know, I don't have something actually smacking me. I mean, no. That when your kid, bizarre. when they when they hit their teen years, and they're like, "You remember that time you hit me with the egg?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, I'm taking the car keys. You know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to come back to get you. Just the, leave it the where it is. Is going to be ugly on that. Be nice. So we need to pray without ceasing. Obviously, mm. um, what does it mean, Paul telling the church in First Thessalonians to pray without ceasing? How do we do that when our day is full of appointments and meetings and kids and chauffeuring people places and shopping and doing a second job and taking care of parents and everything that we do? How do we pray without ceasing? Well, Christianity is a bit different from other religions. It's not necessarily praying at a certain time of day, and it's not necessarily making a request. It's more about communing with God. Yeah. And we can do that naturally. 56% of evangelical Christians say they pray every day. And how they do that is they just incorporate it into what they're already doing. Yeah. The thing that I love, too, and once you start to see it this way, it changes everything in your prayer life. So I, I, hopefully this—it it did for me anyway. Maybe it took me a while to get there. But I believe that all of our thoughts and out loud conversations, whether it's you know, directly to God or not, he hears all of it, right? And the desires of our heart, he's planting those there, those passions, those things that he's helping us to surrender to him so that we're not worried about money and relationships and, you know, all of the things that are coming at us. And when things are delayed, we're like, is he even really listening? Why do I bother praying? But it's all a life lesson. It's all taking us on the journey as we become more reliant on him. So, you know, to even say, you know, man, I, I really would like to, and then fill in the blank, God hears that. That is as much of a prayer just because you didn't say, dear Lord, and amen on the end caps does not mean that he didn't hear you. And what's to say that the reason that you want that fill in the blank is because he placed it on your heart. 
So you are trusting that, yeah, it'd be great if I could. And then opportunity arises. And then when people go, man, how did you get that? You go, had to be the Lord because I didn't pursue it or I didn't do anything other than just wish it and hope for it. And, you know, and I'm not one to believe in wishes and luck, you know, shooting stars and stuff. That's not what I mean. But you really are in a non, you are in a non, a, what's the word I'm looking for? You're, you're in a ongoing conversation with God from the time you get up in the morning to the time you go to bed. It's a matter of whether you're really aware of that he is in tune with all of what's inside of you. It all comes from God. It all belongs to him. I love that, knowing that every thought should originate with him. I mean, it mm. really should. And mm. when we have enemy thoughts, we need to use his word and be armed in that way to fight enemy thoughts. And how my prayer life changed was, you know, I would just go on and on and on and never expect God to answer me. Mm-hmm. And he really wants to be in communication, I believe. And he might not answer right then, and the answer might be no. But to not expect him to ever answer us or grant a prayer or to say, yes, I'm, let's do that, yeah. you know, is not a, is not a relationship to right. me. But also, too, you know, in those moments when you weren't believing things would happen, the things that came in its place were far greater than you could even pray for, Right. Yes. So, so, so that's what I love is that, you know, and, and, and we've heard it from pastors and, you know, read books about, you know, you can't out give God, you can't out dream God. Okay. It's great to have that as a banner, you know, thank you, Bob Goff, you know, we'll put that on the wall to remind us. But again, think about those moments, the things that didn't come to fruition, but the thing that replaced it, that was grander than you know, be okay in where you're praying because he's going to trump that. He's going to totally exceed your expectations. Now, the thing that this is where I struggle, and I think a lot of us struggle, it's in the, well, this is not happening the way I thought it would. So it's clearly not, you know, it's not going to happen. So then you get bummed or it gets delayed. You know, I, I have that going on with my daughter right now. She's in the midst of trying to pass her state board for cosmetology, and she fell just a few points shy of the passing grade. And I was like, you know what? You can be bummed and depressed and know that it's not happening today, but in two days you can take it again and you'll get it and it'll still happen. You know, but we think that it has to look a certain way and be dressed a certain way and smell a certain way, or it's not happening. And that's just not the way God works. Amen. And the way we need to work as parents is not to hover. That apparently, according to research, is the worst thing we can do. When we try to shepherd them from failure or pain, when we're over helping, and we've gotten so used to this that kids are getting to college, and really the stats are scary. They say hovering parents are a great deal of the cause of the following when kids are in college. 84% feel overwhelmed. 60% of college students say they're sad. 57% are lonely. 51% are overwhelmed. And 8% of today's college students have contemplated suicide. Wow. Yeah. And that breaks my heart because I don't want to think about any of my kids being in those statistics at all. But the one thing I will say, and this, this comes from the way I was raised, whether it was a Gen X thing or just my household, is, you know, my parents were great at saying, don't let anyone tell you that you can't do something and always listen to God. 
And anytime when I look back on my life on the places where either I failed or I let myself fall into bad choices, it's because I did, I either let people tell me that I couldn't do something and go, yeah, okay, you're right. And didn't, and then delayed what God was calling me to, or I walked down a path that I had no business because I was like, well, I, God would want me to have this when I was wrong, completely wrong. And it's, it's those two things that served me well. And I've tried to pass that on to my kids because again, when, now that I have adult daughters plus two still at home, I, I, I can't teach my adult daughters anything anymore other than just be an ear. And so I don't lend advice. I ask them, so do you have a plan? What, what are you feeling that God's saying to you? She's like, and they both time and time again have said, well, you always said go where there's peace. And so I'm, I'm not going to let someone tell me that I can't do this. I'll just go do it somewhere else or wait a little while and, you know, redefine that. So I'm, I'm not here to hover. I, I, I want to empower you. You know, it's like that moment in Indiana Jones in the last crusade where he's like, I taught you self-reliance. And I feel like as parents, we're not raising children. We're raising adults. They're just in children's bodies right now. Well, and they're observing very carefully. And now that my child's all grown up and graduated, she told me one day, you know what I learned the most from? Your work ethic. You and dad mm-hmm. would get up and get after it and weren't excuse people. Well, I can't do this because I'm blah, 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 and a whining kind of aspect of life. Right. She said, I watched you guys work so hard day in and day out. And my poor child, when you're a news director, and you don't have a babysitter and there's breaking news, got dragged to the scenes of whatever going on and taken to the station in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. But those are some of her greatest memories. She had a ball racing hallways of radio stations over the years and thought, my mom, my mom's on the radio right now. Kind of cool. And so... You know, they're, they're little sponges, but what we don't want to do is try to solve all their problems. Right. Yeah. And leave room for God to get in there. Right. That was always <laughs> my, I always had to, I always had to go, okay, God, don't let me get in your way. Like I, it breaks my heart to know when my kids are hurting or mad or struggling, but you know, it's, it's the whole, we've heard it before. It's the whole butterfly cocoon. If you cut the butterfly out and the wings haven't developed, they're not ready to fly. So you just have to let time and, and let them, here's the thing, letting my daughters come into their own relationship with God, because I can't go, here's my relationship, use it. Right. They have to have that own their own personal relationship, and it's going to look and feel and taste different than mine does. And I would want it to because my relationship with him is different than my parents and different than Roxanne's. I mean, that's the whole beauty of trusting him as we're raising. Now, we're chosen to raise to help raise them, but it's, with, you know, the whole with God's help, <laughs> we need we need to lean on him. And sometimes we have to hear from him to go, all right, hands off. Step back. Yeah, he'll tell you when you're to speak and when you aren't. I mean, he's yep. told me specifically, don't say a word. And it was like, yeah. and that's hard for me to do. Let's, sure. let's just be frank. So let's talk about spiritual growth 
According to Pew Research, 39% of millennials say they pray daily. Prayer must be on God's mind because it's a a big part of this podcast today. Mm. The number jumps up to 61% if you're talking about black millennials. They pray more often. It's one of the ways we know that we're growing spiritually. You know, we're getting farther away from that because we'll say, okay, I'm going to work on my physical body. I'm going to lift weights. I'm, I'm going to get out there and run. I'm, I'm going to make a difference. However, we just kind of lead our spiritual life to, oh, yeah, I love Jesus. And, you know, I, I get to church. So what are the ways that we grow spiritually? We read the Bible. And I'll tell you what. When I used to hear the word is alive, I used to think, oh, my gosh, what does that even mean? Right. But every time you read it, I think God is just talking to you through it. And it can mean something totally different to you, depending on what's going on in your life at that time. Do you find that? Oh, sure. I mean, and if anything, it's a, it's, it's a great gauge. If you don't feel like you have grown, you know, let's say you've been a Christian a year or, you know, five years or whatever, go back and read some of those early verses that you were just reading as a, you know, baby Christian and realize that it does take on a different meaning because you've seen God's work. You've seen it alive in your life to take on a new meaning. And for me, several years ago, the whole, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11 was that, you know, to, to think about, oh, well, he's going to give me the desires of my heart. That means I'm going to get this job and marry this girl and did it, you know, and, I, and none of those things happened. Right. But it was the, he gives you the desires of your heart so that you know that the pursuit you're on is the plan and the path that he's placing you on. He's taking out the fleshly, I want to, I gotta, and, you know, and it is him. Now, again, the great thing about the Bible, it's alive, but it's left for interpretation. So that's why we that's why we go to church, right? We have others around us to discuss these things so that while you're trying to make sense of it, so that we don't get it wrong and misinterpret it improperly or take it out of context, as we've talked about on this show before, but to then also hear other people's perspective of the alive word in their lives. You go, oh, that's a unique perspective. And that's what I love when you talk about his word is alive. That is how it just continues to spark more relationships because of that. Church attendance certainly does matter. You know, the Lord matters so much to Turen Newell of Birmingham Mortgage Group. He just loves the Lord, and we've got to get him on this podcast to talk about his angel encounter. Mm. I mean, God radically got a hold of Turen Newell and changed his life, and now he's built a big business, but a personal business where he Get you the mortgage that's going to save you money, that's going to get you in the home of your dreams. A lot of people are throwing up their hands right now. You know, I can't do it. But Mm -hmm. my kid, other people are making home purchases. It is time. Don't hesitate. Call our friend to rent at Birmingham Mortgage Group. Well, and I know it's great because like my daughter, my oldest daughter, she's in the process of trying to find a house as well. Now, she's four states away. But the beautiful thing is the stuff I've learned from Turin in the path, he's like, look, make sure you're pre-qualified before you go look. So you're not looking at a house that's out of your budget. And then you can go, okay, this is a great starter home. And it's, you know, within my already pre-approved. And then you're not waiting on the bank or waiting on anything else to drop before you can get into the house that you really want on the corner. So uh, let Turin help you out. He'll be happy to take care of you this week. 205-259-1656, 205-259-1656, or bhammortgage.com.
Well, you and I both love Joaquin Phoenix. Got the Oscar for his role in Joker. Uh, nothing really compares. Yep. Was directed by Ridley Scott in Gladiator. And now he steps up. He plays Napoleon in the film coming up in November. And they say it's really incredible. And it it isn't just big war scenes, but he had an epic true love in Josephine. And so that's worked into the movie as well. They say it's really a spectacle, that it's an epic filled with action. I just think he's a phenomenal actor. I'm excited to to see it. Yeah, I mean, anything he's in, I'll watch pretty much since he played Johnny Cash. I'm, I'm in, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I watched movies before, yeah. but he caught my attention with that role. And then, of course, the sequel to Joker is going to be coming out with Lady Gaga, and it's a musical, so we get to hear him sing again. So, you know, uh, hopefully it's slightly altered, because if behind the Joker makeup he sounds like Johnny Cash, that might throw me <laughs> off a little bit. <laughs> So we'll just hope for that in November. Yeah, if you haven't seen Walk the Line, it's one of my favorite films of all time. It's it's that wonderful. I, I need to watch it again. I've seen it many times. I just need to watch it again. It's yep. it's that good. Alpaca weddings, they are the new thing. And I was like, ooh, who wants something sort of they spit? They yep. can be dirty on the backside when they have an accident. Who would want that? This kind of E with your I mean, wedding. But then I saw the pictures. Sure. They're they're like all duded up with like outfits and bow ties. And, and, I don't and get it. People are loving on them. And this ha started out in the UK as kind of a joke. And then people were paying, you know, $900 to just show up on the farm, pet the alpacas and get married. Yeah. So what they're trying to do right now, Ace, and this is so funny, is to train them to be the ring bearer, like to walk up and they would have the ring. And they're not cooperating very well. <laughs> I mean, to get them to wear a bow tie, that pretty much within <laughs> itself is, you know, its own, you know, obstacle to overcome. But, you know, and, and, and you they're unpredictable, too. Like, I would think in a photo session, you're like, uh, we were great. And then they started licking our hair. You know, I mean, it. Would make for a unique wedding photo, but or worse, there was a wedding photo with a couple and some animals were, you know, oh no, just yeah. going to town, yeah. and uh, it's a funny picture. But are you are you a real happy bride when that happens? You know, if you want to mix animals in there, you are know, and children, the mood is, that's what's you doing. know. I mean, animals and children could set you up for. You know, I was doing the MDA telethon. I was co-hosting it once and. <laughs> I did that for many years, had training with Jerry Lewis. There is a point to this. But again, animals and children. And this child that was on set with me just grabbed me live in the chest and just had a hold of me and was not letting go. No. And we were live. <laughs> and in my headset, they were going bonkers laughing. Right. Not, you know, and I'm trying to politely move. Right. Oh, there we listen. Oh you want to talk about embarrassing things? Well, yeah. You didn't sign up for that when you went to college. <laughs> they don't. There's not a class to prepare you for being attacked during a live report. It should be. It should be an elective. Here's how you run from the falling building, you know, or whatever it is. So, oh. At least there was. At least there's no blooper reel somewhere of Roxanne's. <laughs> 
Well, I, someone probably does have it somewhere. I haven't seen it. Weird things like that kind of come yeah. out of nowhere. So we'll see. You never well, know. <laughs> it's in those moments you need a Roxanne blend cup of coffee and just be like, okay, okay. it's been a day. How do I get out of this? <laughs> just serve it up. And especially in this pumpkin spice season, I still believe the Roxanne season, it's all year. Oh, it's so good. It's it's pecan. It's a little bit of butterscotch. You think, oh, that combo. But everybody that tries it falls in love with it. And the biggest mm. thing is it sends missionaries around the world. It has a purpose. And for those coffee lovers that already have everything, you know, you've got somebody on your gift list. We're getting into that season, believe it or not. This would be a fabulous thing for you to order. They send it out quick. It's beautifully packaged. Go to mybrotherscup.com, click on the Roxanne blend. You'll be glad you did. It's a great gift or gift yourself. We're Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. So good to have you with us today. The gentleman that we're about to interview is just so phenomenal. Every time we're with him, we feel the presence of the Lord. He is the president of an organization called Dynamic that is always out helping the community He's well-educated, has a degree in business, and just said, wow, I'm called by God to pastor a church. We welcome from Mount Zion Worship Center in Talladega, the incredible Pastor Courtney Keith. Welcome. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) So glad to be on. (laughs) So, Courtney, I wanted to ask you guys, your church just recently went through a name change removing mention of denomination. Tell us a little bit about that thought and prayer process, because a lot of churches seem to move in that direction. I'd like to know where you guys were and are. Yes, uh, most definitely. We, uh, my, The name still is Mount Zion, but I just removed the denomination apart, which we were Baptists. Uh, I've been praying for it for years. Uh, I supposed to had already changed the name according to my prayer with God, but I was being disobedient and I kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And so finally one night I was in I was in prayer and God said, are you going to do what I asked you to do? Or are you going to still be hard-headed? And I was like, God, what are you, what are you, I'm th- I think I'm doing everything that you can. I could. And he was like, no, I've asked you to take uh, Baptist out of the name Mount Zion and just let it be a full course. So I I, I went on and did, I talked, bargained for the church and I uh, like, we're going to remove, because I don't want to be labeled. We don't want to be labeled anymore. We want to welcome Baptist, Pentecostal, whatever your denomination you say you are. We want to welcome everyone to have free course, free will. Uh, it was a process. A lot of, um, some of the members was very upset about it. Uh, that's been there for years. And some of them that went with it. But I, as I stated, I, I got my orders from the Lord. And so I just had to obey him and continue to listen to him. So in meanwhile, it's it's been a it's been a challenge, but thanks be unto God, he's been right there with me every step of the way. Well, I, I love your social media. You're always so raw. And yeah. one of the things you wrote was, I will always hold to my Baptist root mm-hmm. and value it. Could you tell us more about that? Yes, I most that I grew up um up under, up under the Baptist denomination, uh, born and raised in it. Actually, the church that I well met past when I was born and raised there. Um, I've I've gone to school to, to to get the Baptist training to go. Went to school to get the Baptist value of the teaching of it. It uh the Baptist way. Uh, um, it it always be dear to my heart. 
Uh, but uh, it was just some things that I, I, I just couldn't keep that uh, on the church name because it labels one certain denominational people a Baptist. And God has been sending different backgrounds to my church. Um, he's been sending young people, more younger people. And so I, I had to learn that, you know, if I just remain Baptist, that's what I'm, that's the tent of me drawing only Baptist people. And I didn't want that. And I wanted to join, I want to be accepting to everyone. And so, but my Baptist, my Baptist roots going to always be there. I'm going to always hold Baptist roots to, to my heart. Yes. Well, and Courtney, I know, you know, a lot of people would even say, you know, religion or certain denominations when they hear it, Right. They there's a there's a negative stigma, which I'm sure played mm -hmm. a part into why God laid that yep. on you. Speak yeah. to those who are maybe in that transitional or contemplation place, because, you know, ultimately we are one body. And right. so when we're when we're called to serve him, it's all of us uniting, removing all denominations. Right. So, so speak to those who are right there that that feel that, OK, how can we be one church? Right. I, I want to, um, Paul told the church in Corinth, he said that um, that there be no more division. He said also, he said that we are perfectly joined together, um, that having the same, being of the same mind and, and the same judgment. So I, I want to encourage those that who's going to this transition. First of all, pray to God about it. Um, never move on your own will. And, and, my church knows that I never move on my own will. I always consult God about it. Um, that's number one. Going to, and number two, uh, fast and pray. Um, scripture tells us some of these things only come by fasting and praying. So you got to get in. You got to get into a relationship. You got to get into a a spirit with God to hear Him, to hear what He's saying to the church, and be be presilient with it. Go with it and run with it. Um, just, you know, don't get in hurt of God. Don't, my thing is, don't make it on your own will. Don't make it about you, but truly make it about what, what God has in store for you. Because if you pray to God, you fast to, fast to him, he will give you direction. He will give you answers. So that's where I, I've got my motivation from, seeking God and praying to him mm -hmm. and hearing his voice uh, during this transition. <clears throat> Some mega pastors have left particular organizations that put limits on women as pastors. Do you think that was maybe part of your decision-making process or where do you stand with that? Well, I have, <clears throat> excuse me, I have my, we have three women ministers at my church, <laughs> uh, including my <laughs> wife being one. Um, I, I, the Baptists, some, some Baptists, and I can say this, uh, because I've been a member of the Baptist traditional for years of the Baptist denomination, they didn't they didn't believe in women preachers. Uh, but my thing is, you know, there's all there was women preachers and women. God used women all through the Bible. Uh, and if a woman and women can get in the church and they can pray and they can sing, why not get up and why not they can pastor or uh, preach? So mm -hmm. I, I I totally me personally I don't see an issue with it. There, some of my colleagues do have an issue with it, but God, it, do you look at the churches today? And I'm quite sure this over all over America, there's more women in the church than there are men. So if the women were to leave the church, the women were to be silenced in the church, we probably won't have any church. <laughs> so we need <laughs> women in our lives in the church as well. 
Well, and yes, women are the backbone of the church, I believe. Yes, yes yeah. most definitely. Well, and as, you know, based on, you know, being from the pulpit, going through the changes and transformations, what's God really been laying on your heart as you challenge men? Because I know for me, I've always loved that about our friendship and about your social media posts and sermons and things that that challenge for us as men to either encourage us or to challenge us of what we need to be doing that maybe we're missing the mark in our faith. I think my, uh, especially in my, my church membership, we have uh, we have a problem uh, with um with church in general and what mm-hmm. i mean by church in general i think that some of the men in my church uh wants to they're only there because of tradition they're only there because not all they're they're only there because uh they wife making them come so my thing is i i challenge my men to have your own personal relationship with god um to to not just come because you feel a need to come uh you feel an urge or somebody's making you come but come and try to when you come come expecting to get something out of of the service come expecting to hear from god come expecting don't just come and just sit because men can just come and sit and they were like well i'm gonna i'm gonna come and make my wife happy uh that's why i'm coming to church no come for come for you come in the church and try to hear what God is saying. Open up your heart to him. And that, that's what my encouragement to me. Open up our hearts to God. Let him come in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And because I see a lot of men in church today, they so drawn up, they so stiffed up. They like, well, I guess I'm just gonna this gonna be another day Sunday I'm here. I, let's get this over with. Mm-hmm. And I see it a lot every Sunday. Uh just to make their spouses happy. So my thing and my encouragement to them have that that personal relationship with God. Walk with Him, your yourself, and see you'll see changes in your life if you open up your hearts to Him and let Him come in. Courtney, what do you love the most about leading a church? I love my people. I love loving the people. <laughs> I have a heart for people. I, uh, I I'm a people person. Um, I, I saw a post on social media the other day. <clears throat> um, who? Uh, I, who goes in the community and speak to the whole community, uh, walking in the community and speak to the whole community. And that would be me uh, because I love, I love God's people. And that's my, that's why I get joy out of loving God's people and helping God's people the most. Where would you say over the last year that as you've challenged or, or even prepared your messages for your congregation, you saw God in a different light or a, a perspective that helped your own personal journey? Yes. Um, that was, that's a good question. I've, um, God actually showed up one Sunday. Uh, I, I preached a sermon, uh, no more backbiting, backbiters. Um, I talked about how people have back, back, backbiting on you. That I talked about how people will low rate you and, and this and that. Well, God showed me this person who had an alt towards me and who did not like me. Well, person showed up that Sunday. Uh, and I'm thinking, what in the world is this person doing? That's one thing in my mind. <laughs> um, and the guy gentleman come up and he apologized. We made we 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 bring our differences out because uh during God that he was a walking sermon and I saw clarification like God. This is amazing because, you know, 
we couldn't stand each other. We hated each other. Matter of <laughs> fact, we hated each other. So I mean, you come in and visit him like, oh my God. But God worked it out. And now we 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 keep in touch. We're good friends. So God can, even though I'm a pastor and, and a preacher, there's still, you know, parts that, you know, I dislike people, you know, I dislike situations. Mm -hmm. So God worked on me, even in that moment, he worked on me like, look, I'm gonna show you that that's time to quit worrying about those that who have all, I can make this right. I can fix mm -hmm. it. You know, I can go move forward. You can move forward because it's a hindrance, you know? Yeah. And so the weight been lifted, the weight was lifted and we, we moved on. We had our, we, 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 we buddies now. <laughs> so thanks being to God for that. He must have flipped out. He decides to come to church that day and yes. God is dealing just with but, him. Yeah. He said God has been hey, God had been working with him with me about me. So and and I had no you know, and same thing. God was working with me. So it, it played out a, a great part. A great part. That's awesome. Courtney Keith has been our guest as uh, we of course are always challenged by you, man. What's the best way that people can get in touch and, and stay in touch with you? They can reach me on my social media, the Facebook platform, uh, Courtney Keith, uh, and they can, my phone number, uh, 256-368-3405. Uh, also, they can reach me up on the Dynamic, which is an organization uh, ran by my brother, uh, my big brother, my best friend, uh, Patrick Washington. He, uh, I'm the president of his organization, which is doing such an amazing things. He's feeding the community over thousands of people. So if you need, uh, I'm, I'm, I can, I'm gonna say this, and I, I know time probably's been fair, but there's a there's a like a lot of people that need food and and clothing and all that that's dealing with homeless homeless. Um, Pastor Washington has an organization um, building in Gaston, Alabama. If you know anybody around that area that needs food and needs free clothing. He does it every Wednesday, so you can get in touch with me, and we'll be glad to assist you on in, in that area of your life. Courtney, thank you for the blessing that you are to yes. the kingdom of God thank and you. for yes. the friendship that we'll have forever. And just, it's such a treat getting to see you and yes. say hi to your family for us. Sure God will. bless you. I love y'all. Thank y'all so <laughs> much. Thank you for having me on. That's right. And maybe at some point you'll have a robot waiter to actually bring you a cup of Roxanne blend. But I love that this I love that this is a little bit of a trend not to take waiters and waitresses and take jobs away from them. But there is a little Star Wars -y part of me that wants R2 to bring me a beverage. Well, there's a robot named Plato. This is outside of Oregon in a small town. And the reason they got the robot is they're having trouble finding wait staff in a yeah. rural town where it takes a long time to drive there. And when they interview people, they even say, do you realize where we're located? So they had this cute little robot, three and a half foot tall. And all he does is he brings the food to the table. You lift your food off. Now there's a restaurant in Birmingham that had a little robot. I loved it. I don't know if people complain they put him up or what. I haven't right. seen him in a while, but I liked it. It was fun. But people are outraged. They're like, well, I'm, I need to pay less if a robot is serving me this. And this is right. not a human experience. And you're replacing people. And the owner has to say, no, I would love to hire wait staff. I can't find them. This is Plato, my guy. Right. Little kids love it. Older folks get confused. They're like, okay.
do I pick up my food now? What do I do? Yeah. <laughs> you no. know? Well, and, and what's crazy, I saw this week, there was a video trending of a, of Uber robots that were deliver just like taking deliveries to yes. businesses. And they had a standoff on the sidewalk and there was nowhere for them to go. <laughs> so, so that's the world that we're in right now. It's like, we're not worried about robots taking over. We're worried about them trying to pass each other <laughs> on the sidewalk. So bringing you food is the last thing you should worry about. <laughs> crazy it's enough so uh while we try to figure out the world's problems enjoy the rest of your weekend be sure to subscribe like and follow so you don't miss out on future episodes go back see what you missed and of course thanks to my brother's cup and birmingham mortgage group for making this week possible roxanne i love you love you so much you've been listening to roxanne and ace unlimited to make sure you don't miss future shows you can subscribe anywhere you like to podcast and catch up on anything you've missed Find out more at RoxanneAndAce.com. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited is a production of Spacebird Media.